Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey. No chill, Prano. Good evening, Andy. Ooh, doing a little Monday evening sesh. Late Monday. We never usually do late Monday. It's either late Sunday or early Monday, but we have a very special occasion for a delayed Monday show. We do. We do. We. I'm excited about this. I teased it last episode. My buddy, Fred Siegel from freezing cold takes he's got a book out and fred's been on the show before but he's got a book promoting the freezing cold takes of the nfl and take a look at the history of all those amazing freezing cold takes i think we should just bring him on let just right out the bat what do you think i I agree absolutely let's not let's not let some of these takes get any colder (laughs) fred single welcome to the dirty sports again how are you man great thanks for having me on guys so you took this this feed, which you, you and I are, you know, we're in that weird Twitter world. So, so we go back. Joe always jokes about the Twitter stuff. And like I was saying before we went live, this thing just keeps growing and gaining momentum. And I said, it's, it's hotter than ever, ironically, with the freezing cold takes. The, your, your feed's hotter than ever. You said, I need to put out a book about the worst takes in NFL history. Yeah, I wanted to do something in longer form because you know, my feed now is essentially posting uh, tweets and quotes where media folks turn out to be dead wrong, um, you know, past tweets and quotes. And uh, now I, I just wanted to do something in longer form and, and actually write about some of the things that were said and, and why they said them and the stories behind them. And uh, there's a lot of interesting things. And when I was looking up certain stories, about certain things that were said, like certain old, terrible columns, like somebody saying that, you know, the Cowboys, when they traded Herschel Walker for the, to the Vikings for 100 draft picks, and they turned those draft picks into their dynasty. Yeah, dynasty. Um, and uh, someone writing an article that it was that the, the Vikings fleeced the Cowboys. And when I start looking that stuff up, you start to realize that, uh, you know, Troy Aikman was getting shitted on big time in the, his first two years. And you look at some of the articles, you realize when the Vikings got Herschel Walker, he was amazing in his first two games. And the fans were just, and the TV people in Minnesota and the fans were just out of their minds with Herschel mania, thinking that he was going to lead them to the Super Bowl, And he flamed out so fast. So things like that, you just find them as you're starting to look up one thing. And it just turns into a, a real fun thing when you're writing up like a whole chapter on it. So, yeah. So tell me about the format of the of the book. Is that essentially uh, uh, that situation, that kind of thing will be a chapter? People aren't just buying a book and flipping through pages of pictures of. Bad no, tweets. yeah, I did not want to. I did not want to do that. Um, yeah. The last thing I wanted to do was make it an extension in my Twitter feed where just the entire book is just a list of bad tweets and quotes. Now, I do have one chapter where I do that on the draft. There's one chapter where I reserve for that. It has like my position 
from the past 30 years, tweets and quotes that were made and column passages that were made about players uh, before or during the, the time they were drafted. Like that. So ex- examples of chapters would be the draft, the uh, the uh, the Cowboys Herschel Walker trade. Yeah, I, well, it's basically the Cowboys from the eighties, late '80s and uh, early '90s, um, just like covering that period. Yeah, different things that happened, and yeah, so there's a chapter on that. There's a chapter that covers basically when Bill Belichick was left the Jets in January 2000 up to the period he was hired by the Patriots. He was, and that was like a three week period because he was trying to extricate himself from the Jets contract. So there was just, just, he was getting piled on really hard at that time. There's a chapter on um, one of my favorites growing up where um, a a Miami Herald columnist wrote that the Dolphins in 93 should trade Dan Marino and and keep Scott Mitchell as their quarterback. Scott Mitchell was the backup at the time. And uh, I remember it because I grew up as a Dolphins fan and in, in North Miami. And I, um, and I even like got the columnist. His name was Greg Cody. He's from Miami Herald. And I, I talked to him about it in the book. I talked to a lot of these people and quoted them in the book. So a lot of that stuff is in there. There's a, there's a chapter on um, the Packers from, uh, you know, 80, I would say 92 to 97 Packers, like when they when they traded for Brett Favre, when they signed Brett, uh, Mike Holmgren and and when they signed Reggie White. Uh, and those were the three keys to their dynasty or not. I guess not a mini dynasty per se when they were very competitive and they won the Super Bowl in 96. Um, but there's a lot of great stuff there. I, uh, free agency. Really kind of came in unrestricted free agency, finally became a thing in 93, summer 93, that Reggie White was like the first official unrestricted free agent that was big. And um, the big talk was that teams like Green Bay and Pittsburgh and Buffalo were never going to get free agents because of, because, because players wouldn't want to go play there. Yeah. And Reggie White signed that and immediately signed with the Packers immediately debunked that. So you, if I can hop in here, Fred, you were talking about like talking with guys who had just completely awful takes concerning yeah. like the Miami Herald with a column at, at this point, does anybody get mad by being put on blast? I almost feel like it's a badge of honor when you're put on freezing cold takes. Um, mostly it, it's pretty good uh, reaction. I think um, they get mad when they think that it, they're done dirty. They think that their take doesn't really reflect being cold. Um, they argue about that or they think it's unfair. They'll say like, to be fair, um, everyone thought that. Or to be fair, he got hurt mid-season. So you know, it's something like that. Or some of them just get mad, call me a loser. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I mean, better the- to do, dork, stuff like that. But um, who's been the maddest? Like who's been the most upset? athlete writer mm. personality do, do you have one off the top of your head who was <laughs> just the most I, i've had some blue checks who i can't even name who've gotten really 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 mad um but the one i remember the most is it's Heyman, john Heyman from major league baseball guy love to hear he that to, he likes to tweet he likes to tweet out um as little words as possible when he's breaking a story because like i guess he wants to be first so he'll say the uh, he'll say 
judge Yankees three years. And then even if he didn't, wasn't the first one to come up with, he'll give the respect Rosenthal first. <laughs> so I post, I, he has these really bad ones from like talking about Clayton Kershaw, maybe like in 2010, how he was losing velocity um, and just like was done kind of. And uh, I posted that one or Ryan Howard, five years, hundred million, 125 million for the cow, for the Phillies. Great, great signing. So I, uh, I would post those and then I'd put um, Heyman, bad take. I'll take exposed first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he blocked me. He blo- um, John he got Heyman, really, John really, really upset about it. He blocked me. And then I guess like the next day, like one of those shows in New York, one of those uh, radio shows in New York, this was like back in 2017, asked him about it. Why are you blocking cold takes? <laughs> I didn't even tell them to do it. I didn't even know who these guys were, but they were an afternoon radio show on like WFAN. And someone recorded it um, in their car, I guess, like, <laughs> like put their put their phone to it. So they gave it to me and they listened. I sent it around, but he was like, I don't know what it is. You know, stupid. What, what, what do they know? You know, I don't even know what he was saying. <laughs> he got really mad. But some guys get really mad about the tagging, not about the takes when they say anything interesting or even remotely predictive. They get 50 tags to me. Let's see. I right. would think right. Say it, right as they say it. I would counter I would counter that like that's like that's irrelevant. Good. Irrelevant. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's it's free publicity. You're on freezing cold takes. You made an awful take. We all do them. Like any of us who do a sports show. Yeah. I have a gazillion awful takes. I, I'll probably have a gazillion awful takes this episode. It's like <laughs> it's like why it that's so funny to me why people would get upset. Now I want to ask. At what point were you like, I need to write a book? We, 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 we did like a light bulb go off or you just said, look, I got all these takes. I need to make this a book. Um, like three years ago, I think. Three years ago, I wanted to do it. Um, I think it was about three years ago. Now, it took me like a year to get someone to publish the book. Uh, n- n- nobody, I could tell you about this industry, this book industry, is that um, you, nobody will listen to any, nobody will answer any of your proposals or anything. If you're unknown, they won't even read it. I mean, I can't imagine some of them didn't even read it. I'm sure. Uh, so it took me a year to do that. Um, but, but if, unless, which is, which is really crazy because your account, obviously that this whole thing, I mean, the, the book is titled after the same as it is far from unknown. It's very known now. I know, but, but the people don't get that. A lot of people, yeah, nobody yeah. gets it. So, and so as soon as I, I was just trying to get a book agent, like I knew sending it directly to the publisher wasn't going to do anything for me. So I, I, somebody knew, eventually I got in touch with a, like somebody I knew from the past who knew a book agent. And, this, and it was a sports book agent. And the second he saw it, he immediately signed me. So like, uh, all you need to do is talk to somebody because, well, I had to write a sample because I could be just an idiot who doesn't know how to write. So I had to write two chapters of the book first and oh. use that as part of my thing. So like people could see, like I actually, I actually can write stuff. So I, I was mean, going to say like, your background, you were- I'm a lawyer in background. So I, I used to yeah. write now- I, I, very like the style for for lawyers very boring and matter of fact and um just boring and methodical so i had to like figure all that out but otherwise um 
I just, I knew, I knew how to put sentences together and really I, I had been doing it for so long. So, uh, and write narratives. So I could, I could do that, but, uh, I just had to, I just had to get that agent. And then like within two months, the agent got me a publisher. Cause I see all these books out. I see a lot of books out and I, a lot of them, I understand how they're immediately published. Um, but some of them, I'm just like this book here. I don't know why this has, I mean, it could be cool, but I don't look like see why this has a big audience. Because some now, the eighty-one Dodgers season, right? Like, how many people care about that? <laughs> yeah, uh, the eighty-one Dodgers. Like, uh, I'm just. It, it could be a great season, but um, you know, even diehard Dodger fans, new age diehard Dodger fans, like, are they going to want to read about that? Uh, like stuff like that. You, know, you see that type of stuff, and you are wondering. Um, you know, I think people care about my topic. Uh, at first, I want decided I was wanted to write about all sports, but then I just decided to go with football. It's the most popular sport, and like, you know, if it happened to be a success, then maybe I could just do one for basketball. That was literally going to be my next question. Yeah, is, yeah. Is so that, that's why that... I did one just for football. But I, I have I, I I had a word requirement, a strict word requirement. So it's really, it. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it's a little false advertising. When it's when it says the bet the worst takes of all time. Because there's so many more I left out because I couldn't yeah. do that many words in the book. So I could easily do a volume two. Uh, of, across all sports and, and all of your time in, in publishing, reposting pe- people's freezing cold takes, what's just the absolute coldest? Oh, God, man. It's really hard to tell. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't. Uh, um, there are some... I, th- I think there's some Steph Curry ones. There's got to be some Steph Curry ones, but I think the ultimate one is like this one guy wrote that Bill, Be- the Patriots will regret hiring Bill Belichick. It's in my <laughs> book. I talk about it in my book. Now this guy, I think his name is Ian O'Connor from the, uh, he was in the New York times. We wrote for the daily news and the New York times eventually, but at the time he was writing for uh, Westchester daily news. In, in New York. That's where I'm from. That's your home paper. You probably read that article. Yeah. Nine um, one four and and uh, so um, he's the fall guy because somehow somebody got a, a screenshot of the article headline and it just, it's so, it's just right there. It's like the ultimate headline and it's on the newspaper. So like, that's the one that goes around because it's like, it, it's just so aesthetically perfect. For yeah. cold take genre back in the 2000, like a 2000 cold take, January 2000. So, but if you read my book, the first chapter is basically all about that. There's just uh, like a, it's open season on Belichick. And, and there's so many people who say things like Woj. Woj was with the New Jersey paper at the time. He wrote a scathing article about Belichick. Um, he was one of those with New Jersey papers. Uh, he was a beat guy that time. He was covering the Jets. You've so, been doing this. You've been doing this a while now. Have you? Has there been a an evolution in your process? Was there early on in freezing cold takes where you posted takes that you thought were cold that then warmed up after the fact? Uh, or oh yeah, has- yeah. I mean, I can tell you one right now. The, the perfect example of the warming up after the fact to me is is Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, you know, like in 2007, I'm posting or 2017, I'm posting all these people who said Carson Wentz would amount to nothing or just isn't that good. 
because he was having an MVP caliber season sure. until he got hurt. And then, um, like, he's progressively gotten worse every single year. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so like at that time, so I, that's why in this book, I didn't use that many guys like that because their careers are so young. Like, I guess I, it doesn't seem likely, but I guess Josh Allen could just go into the dumps. You right. Know, like, uh, uh, Mahomes, I guess, could start throwing a hundred interceptions. I mean, like you never know. So I, I kind of made sure that the person, I mean, I have those in my draft takes, but uh, my draft chapter where I just list, but I didn't really do a whole thing on it because it's too young. It's just their careers are too young so far. And do you so, have that a lot with the with the tweets that you the post? Tweets you, we get it a lot. You, you have those sitting now, there where you're like, like Ooh. people are tagging me. I can tell you this: people are tagging me uh, when a quarterback starts out and a quarterback's drafted. Like, who is the quarterback drafted in this draft? Who is the who are the people drafted in this draft? I can't Pass draft. Pick it. Kenny Pickett. Okay, let's say yeah. Kenny Pickett throws a touchdown on his first drive. <laughs> I will get tagged <laughs> for people his, for his first game. His first, I will get a hundred tags. People, Kenny Pickett stinks. You know, take, take me through. Take me through. Like, take me through this. Like, like when you pull up your phone or computer or however you're viewing this. Like, what are your mentions like? Because you're, I, I would assume, if you look at all the accounts, people obviously have mentions, but like yeah. you're like the king of being tagged. So yeah, like well, I, I immediately whenever I post anything, I immediately mute conversation because it's I was, just too much. I was um, gonna say, so, do you like like when you get up in the morning, take me through this process of reading your mentions, or do you do it a couple times a day, or do you have like slotted um, times? I read it all the time. I mean, whenever I look at my phone, like I look at the mentions, but a lot of it's uh, 60 to 65 percent repetitive. So it's the same thing. Someone posted one thing that sometimes I'll see just a hunt, 10 in a row tagged under some certain tweet NFL. And then I see, I can see who it's from the tweet, but I have to go minim- maximize it to see who it. So it'll say like NFL or Bleacher report or something at that time. I'll know that some player made some bold prediction harmlessly about his team. Like, you know, we're going to win the championship this year. And then Bleacher report made a big screenshot with like bold lettering to get engagement <laughs> and then i'll get tagged a hundred times to that and then also espn will do the same thing within an hour and i'll get tagged with, with the same quote and i'll get tagged a hundred times to that you know? so sometimes it's like it's like a four different big accounts posted at separate times i get tagged a hundred times each time so you basically have like, to choose discretion you're saying hey i got all these oh, bad yeah. takes so i got a discretion dis- now I usually post under it, like I used to post like the, the the writing emoji, like I'm writing this down. But later on, like after that take turned out to be true, I would get tagged under it like I made a cold take by posting the letter. <laughs> like, but that's not what I intended to do, but I still just played with it, played, played, played along. But now I just put, thanks for the tags, comma, everyone. So then people immediately, when they scroll down, they'll see I'm the first one because I, it gets a lot of engagement and they'll see I've already seen it. So they won't tag me anymore. I know we talked uh, about this before. Oh, Joe, did you want to say something? No, go ahead. I was going to ask, like, when, you know, I asked about when the light bulb went off to write a book. What about to start this feed? When you Were you watching a game? Were you just seeing all these 
what Joe oh, and I right. always call fake. Right. Like we, we, like we call them just, you know, it's like this age of media where like, I don't believe Skip Bayless believes anything he says. It's all just entertainment. Were you right. watching something said, okay, there needs to be a Twitter feed that documents how wrong yeah. all these people exactly are. Exactly what happened. I mean, like it was, it was over time, like an accumulation in my head of being on Twitter and just seeing what I was seeing is uh, like sports media folks, like giving themselves posting their accurate predictions tweets with the accurate and then giving themselves like a self-congratulatory message or trying to subtly give themselves a self-congratulatory message just like i said yesterday or somebody said this once interesting right so so i said to myself eventually i said to myself someone because i remember those same people you remember in your head a lot of the things that they say and I said, I remember those same people who, who um, saying things that are dead wrong. So I said to myself, I, someone should be the person who reposts the tweets and the quotes where these media people turned out to be dead wrong. And I just became that person. Well, because at the time I was a practicing attorney and they have these things called these platforms called Westlaw and LexisNexis, where you look up case law to help your, your, write your legal argument and your legal briefs. And I became, I became really good at it, like using search terms and it, very similar search terms on Twitter. So I immediately was able to just find the date of something that happened. Uh, say a coach was fired. You just go to like Wikipedia or something or just type in hired this coach and then it'll, it'll give you an article with the date that the coach was hired. And then you just go back and type the coach's name and tweets from that date. And you just get a million journalists saying, great hire, home run hire. <laughs> like uh so you can you can do that or like you find that when a team was one and three on the season you find that date that they lost their third their fourth game or their third game and they became one and three and then you just type the team name for the coach and then that team say that team won the super bowl you go back to that date and type the team name and the coach is just plethora of I, I imagine it's become easier as like, it's gotten more popular people, oh, yeah. people feeding you. Oh yeah. But you, but it's also just like discretion. Like right. you read like 95% ones I'll never use. And right. And I, as you asked before, this is my, my process different. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't use as many as I used to, like the, the ones I used to use, I, yeah. they have to be really, really, really good. Um, and is there a level of person now that, has to write it or will you just like ruin barbara from wisconsin's life who only, tweeted only one barbara, time? <laughs> barbara from wisconsin only gets ruined if it's like so funny yeah. like I, I, or there's really nothing on it besides barbara from wisconsin people right funny. Uh, but usually i don't use them uh a lot of those people want to be on the feed and they tag me themselves <laughs> they get people out, so i definitely won't use them People who send me their own tweet on DM, no chance I use them. Yeah. <laughs> reverse jinx. They do the reverse jinx. Uh, no way we win. Like hoping that they're going to win. Right. They tag me to the, to, the, to the no way we win. I don't reverse jinx attempts are always ineligible. If you can sort, you can see them. Yeah. You can plot them out and you usually can. So um, yeah. I, I, I'm looking, and I told you this before we got going. You know, I'm looking on Amazon, which is one of the many spots you guys can get the book. Again, it's Freezing Cold Takes. 
uh, NFL football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them uh, with Fred Siegel. And, and I told you, Fred, I love the two top editorial reviews are Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, the, the two big NFL insider guys. Now, Joe and I have joked forever that Schefter is not a real person. He's AI because he's just so good. Do you have any insight to this? Is Schefter a real person? Um, he, he seems like it. I mean, I've, I've talked with him on DM before, but um, I've never, but I don't, but you've never seen his human flash. Anything. I didn't, I don't have discussed with him anything besides football, like I've had his personal life. So, I mean, that could, that could be a fake, but, but he did write a book about it, but so yeah. I, I mean, he, he, he's definitely robotic, but I, I, I would say that he, he does, he is a real person. I, I, he's very good at like, he's very good at not reacting to all the backlash about him like robotic yeah. yeah yeah so i mean those guys i definitely talked to them on the dms but uh and they and they and they read you they read your book and left you an editorial review which is awesome yeah well we sent them a book like way before it was even the the cover and stuff it was published like it was it was uh it was when i finished my oh, my last draft it was like in a binder like type thing yeah so they, they were able to yeah and they yeah they loved it so they did that and um that was good i mean that was really good i mean i i told they knew the feed they both followed it so i had um i, I reached out to them i had well i had the publishers reach out to them it's just, just it, it just goes to show you that everybody loves a good freezing cold take yeah. like you yeah. have uh, the the amount of people who's who's your most famous follow i don't know i i think steph curry i think steph curry follows <laughs> That's pretty, he's, 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 pretty, he's pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one time Draymond Green went nuts, like after the <laughs> after the after the Olympics this year, like last year. He tagged me, and went nuts talking about it, like he, like tagged me a hundred times, like different tweets about like oh yeah, no takes exposed on this, I'll take exposed on that. And I guess that's I think that that's when Steph Curry saw about the feed. <laughs> wait, 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 what was he t- because they the were because we lost yeah. like USA lost in the Olympics like in like a game like in the in the oh in the that's right round robin round you know there's a round robin round and yeah a playoff round we lost in the round robin round um to a not that great opponent and they were just getting shit on like Popovich was getting shit on the whole team was getting shit on so when they won the gold I guess from uh where was the Olympics Japan yeah. Or was it China? It was Japan. China. Oh, Japan. Japan. Yeah. From Japan, I guess he was instantly all takes exposing everybody. By the way, that's the most Joe, isn't that the most Draymond Green thing yeah, ever? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Instead yeah. of celebrating the gold medal, he's pulling out his phone. Well, I mean, he may have had the celebration and then like the next day. It could have been the next day. Yeah. He, while he's getting ready to do a I podcast. Was, I'm not gonna say it. he went right to his phone after the, the porn sounded. But um <laughs> the uh but he it was pretty quickly after and and he asked, like, he kept asking for more and more and more. And I, I was happy to give it to him. Uh, so and he kept retweeting them and all. So it was a bit like I, 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 I think I got a lot of followers from that, but that were famous uh, players, I guess. Is um, there any um, athlete or even uh, media member that you're a fan of that has had a freezing cold take and you're like, no, I'm not getting this guy's not getting I, I'm, I'm, I'm sparing him. Um, rarely, uh, rarely do I spare. You're bigger than the game. You're just, you, yeah. You know. I mean, really will I spare somebody? Uh, it, it depends. I mean, I'm not going to go back to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do twice in one day. I don't pile on. Right. And I don't do anything out of spite. 
people always try like someone who someone and someone calls me a loser like i said before and then everyone sends me their takes that's so you're so it much better be like, you're such a better be a person good, it me. has to be a good it has to be a really good one that i would use anyway yeah i'm not gonna just retweet their tweet out of spite because they criticized me it would it would it would, it would dilute the feeds uh credibility was there a so, specific like tweet or a specific time where suddenly you're like okay this thing is turning oh, yeah. into something well, sports illustrated wrote a column on it on si.com in february i mean i started the feed in november 2015 and um sports illustrated wrote something in february 2016 oh wow so i mean that's only three and, months later and then it blew up at that point because well the, the the author of the column posted it it was before you can retweet your own tweet he posted like four times four separate times and then added the feed and it was nothing like anyone ever seen before so everyone started following everyone started following and then um uh, so it was it was something that like uh everyone started doing so it was good everyone i'm i'm it. i'm so excited that you've you've taken this to you know proper book form because i think it uh sets up nicely for what i what i hope is going to be a freezing cold take that uh gets exposed eventually two of the most infamous twitter feeds on the internet now both authors i am waiting for the day james <laughs> winston is no longer an nfl quarterback and is not a hall of famer and the the, <laughs> the entire literary career of james one of one is posted well on i can tell you james winston so many people want that guy to do well there there there's so many people just continuously to double down on him which and, and uh, yeah and you're from florida so like what's your take you grew up in florida you still live there he was so good like it was so hard for me to understand he was so good probably one of the greatest college quarterbacks i've ever seen he was so good in 2013 it was unbelievable uh how good he was i just i don't know um i mean he's got he's got everything he's got all the tools he just overthrows people too much he's just inaccurate a lot. And, and are you are you aware of the most too many interceptions? Yeah. Are you yeah. aware of the 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 uh, infamous Twitter account Jameis One of One who has written? Oh yeah, Jameis One of One. That guy. Now is that is that? Is, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really hard to say what his what his thing is. Like, is he yeah. really that big of a Jameis defender? Is he just developed a shtick that he's just rolling? We, ex we exposed one time that it was oh, yeah. the, the, the Bucks GM in, we, in disguise, but uh, but we know for one one thing's for sure. He published an entire book about Jameis Winston's Hall of Fame. I'm sure it was very career. well written. Yeah. And, and he published it. He published it in like three, three and a half years ago. That's what's wild. Like, right, right, I, yeah. I mean, I wonder, yeah. How I many did, did and what when did it get onto the New York Times bestseller list? <laughs> I think only I think I think it only even made the Amazon most reviewed list after our followers spammed the comments and said <laughs> this is absurd. <laughs> what is your favorite non-sports take? You ventured um, into non-sports. You do some non-sports. There's an internet one I use. Uh, someone, one of these old guys talking about how the internet it was from Newsweek, 1995. I can't remember his name, but he talked about the internet. It's just going to be a flop. <laughs> so Dude. many, so many, and he said, has so many great sentences about it. That and might be my favorite. Like one of those columns, it's like a comedic type column. So he's saying all these like jokes about the internet. So it even makes it funnier. 
That's great because he probably yeah. doesn't even know you've exposed him because he refused uh, he, to use uh, the well, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know if he knows about it. I've exposed him, but many people have talked about it. And he he's addressed it before, I think. I mean, he's he had to have. I, I think he has. I remember him discussing it, but he's addressed it before. I just don't remember uh, what he said, but he he's talking about. It. He think I, I say I think he thinks it's it's funny. You know, it's it, your your feed. I love because I always had this idea and, and I don't think it would ever work. I always had this idea of these guys with, when they double triple down on takes and they're wrong that, yeah. that, that, it, cause I don't know if you remember in college ESPN or when I was in college, I should say, sorry. When I was in college, ESPN did that show to become the next sports center anchor. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember that. My, I, the guy from the big 10 network won it. Yeah. I forget what it was called, but that I had, I started having ideas then. I was like, what if they did a show where if you had so many wrong takes, you were fired? Like, <laughs> like, and that's why I love your feet so much. Cause like that was, it, my would, it would be so, it would be so, it was so against what they want. Exactly. They, they wouldn't want anybody to, to hold back on their, they want people to watch no matter what. Sure. So you know, Stephen A. Smith would be like, uh, I'm a, uh, it seems as if this team, the Sixers, could possibly win the title. Now, I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying they won't. You know, like that's what it would be like. You're right. You're right. There, there, <laughs> there would be no definitive predictions or anything. But like, yeah. I, I always thought that'd be funny if just like, if you did a season, I don't, I don't know how you'd do it. Like, it, it probably wouldn't obviously work. But uh, I always thought that was funny. And then obviously your, your feed comes along and it just exposes all these guys. But like I said, I really do, Fred. It's a badge of honor. Like I think yeah. I think most of these guys they now get now they do. They like it or they'll say uh they'll try to make fun of themselves. A lot of them will tag tag me before I get to it. So they think it, it mitigates the damages for them. Uh they they look better. Now the they, best the, yeah, and the best part is with with your background as a lawyer, if anybody sues you you can just wrap <laughs> yeah, yourself well, uh, yeah well i haven't been doing it in a while so i, I probably wouldn't know where to start with that so oh and, and i, hope, I don't think anyone could sue me because i'm posting what they said exactly so it's yeah. like there's no there's no slander or libel about posting exactly what someone wrote <laughs> True. You know, only only donald trump would have the balls to sue somebody over his own words and yeah well yeah the way could, <laughs> stay away from i don't that. even think he could he he would even do that uh, but he would definitely you know I, I mean for i would love i tagged him in every one of my posts I, I i would love like that would be the greatest thing ever if if he like did one of his tweets I was hoping for like anything like that. Did one of his tweets that called me a loser or bum? Oh, that <laughs> bum freezing cold takes. I would have been the, that would have been the greatest thing ever. You know, yeah, uh, that would have been so <laughs> great for your feed because you because I mean, you it told us great. Like I would have loved it. I would have loved him doing that because because all of his tweets were so funny. It's the way he posted about everything. It was so it, it was so funny. Like we just it was always laugh out loud funny, and uh, to have it about me would be so funny. Like I would I would just think it was the funniest thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've always waited for someone to write an article about me and how big of a loser I am, but no one's done. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your book, before we let you go, it's pretty much available everywhere, right? Yeah, you could buy it um, at Amazon.com. Uh, you could get it at Barnes and Noble, Borders, or whatever anything of those online. 
also you can go to my Twitter feed and check out at old takes exposed. You can check out the pin tweet and um, it has a link right to the publisher where you could order it from them too. And uh, it's just, you can get it. I'm sure it'll be in bookstores. I don't know how that works anymore, but yeah. I'm sure so. Well, it's, it's, you know, we discussed before the show, it's an easy, like it's, it's an easy read. You can, while you're sitting in the toilet, while you're, oh yeah, it's a great read, you know, that. on a plane downtime. It's like, it's, it's a great, like to me, this is a great gift for anybody who loves yeah. sports. It's a great, like, there's so many options for this. It's not, you know, you're, you're not writing about brain surgery. It's like, yeah, I'm always seeing through my daughter. Like, like I was a perfect time. I was, I'm always seeing through my daughter's uh, music or singing lessons. So like she's doing the singing lesson. I have to sit outside the room. 30 minutes i would be reading this book if i, if I hadn't written it, know it. <laughs> if you didn't know it word, if you didn't know it word for word yeah now i watch like some sort of big show that i hadn't i missed the episode like that catch up on the show well fred we really appreciate you taking the time to do our show oh yeah no problem it's like i think it's like my third time yeah it's great to come great to have you back on and once again guys Freezing Cold Takes, NFL, football media's most inaccurate predictions and the fascinating stories behind them. It's available on paperback tomorrow. You can get it basically where all books are all books are available, like Fred said. You can follow him at Old Takes Exposed on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, you order tonight. Pre-order tonight. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you like, have the itch right now to order it, go for it. Yeah, if go you guys are listening, that. order it. Thanks <laughs> for coming on. We're, uh, I'm excited to receive it. I know you sent us some copies that didn't arrive in time, but I can't wait to get it. And, yeah. uh, and I know it's going to be a success and I'm, I'm a big, as, as much of a football fan as I am, I think maybe the, the NBA has, is the, oh, yeah. the, the biggest hotbed for bad takes. So I look forward to it. The NBA is a good one. Um, there's a lot of stuff from the NBA. There's a lot of stuff from the past NBA too. Uh, but like the, the years, the warriors are, are a great team for that. A lot of good LeBron stuff, um, especially NBA series. The thing about the NBA, it's different than the NFL, is that there's series. And it, there's just so much time for so many takes to be made <laughs> within each game. Yeah. So when the when the Warriors are up 3-1 on the Cavs, that was like two full days or three full days of people shitting on the Cavs. Yeah. LeBron. So uh, it was just like, it, it just, it, it expands the amount. So playoffs sure. here are great. Well, I want, I, I want you to start earmarking some things for me right now. Cause what we're about to get into talking about uh, after you leave is uh, my Mets at, uh, dominating the Braves this weekend. A lot the of Mets are a good one. The Mets, are good one. The Mets are a good one for both reasons. Yeah. yeah. The Mets previous to this, like at the end of last season or whatever, where people discuss how they're a dumpster fire and all that. So if they won the world series, I could use those now Yeah. Th in the middle of this season, there are people who are really kind of crowning the Mets. Yeah. But and there's also, there's also to be because there's, there's this whole cloud yeah. over the Mets that they have to screw things up. So I think people are worried about that. There's this whole, there's this whole, uh, a Braves, uh, population right now that, you know, thinks it's same old Mets and we're going to choke in October. And I, I can't wait to see some of those takes. My friend, know, my, my friend Barrett, Barrett, he's a, from Georgia. He's a college football guy, Barrett. So he's a big time Braves guy. And he always does that. 
He he has about three, five of them this year. He just did one <laughs> yesterday because the Mets downfall is going to be epic. <laughs> but he always tags me to it. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> well, Fred, thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to reading the book. All right, thanks guys for having me. Thanks, man. Take care. It really is one of the one of the most fun feeds on the internet. Oh. It, it, it really, uh, I, th- I, th- I think I even got got once I should have double checked. Cause I, th- I think I got got once, but I don't remember what it was. And it was, it was cold. It was, it was frosty. I don't know if it was ice cold. I, I don't even remember what it was now, but I think I got got once. I, I've been put on there a few times. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, you lean it, you lean into that kind of, you lean it, you have that kind of, you're like, you know, you have the kind your tweets have that kind of potential. You go big on your, your claims. You and it's, it, well, and also, let's be honest, it, it, there's some nepotism there. Obviously, I, know I mean, the, I mean, what's his name? Fucking uh, who's now on the Pelicans had to had to cl- climb out of the dirt that you had already put on his body at like 20. He was 21 years old. Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Brandon Ingram was like, I'm still alive. <laughs> and you're and you're. <laughs> And you're you're shoveling soil on top of him. He's like, I've been in the, the league for three weeks. I can't even legally drink. And you're like, you're a fucking bust. <laughs> I was hard. I was hard on Brandon Ingram and, and Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is pretty much right on. I was like, I, I yeah. you know, he, he hasn't really turned into anything. But yeah, br- poor Brandon Ingram. You know what it was for me? And I've talked about this. He was doing some commercial shoot in Venice beach at one of the courts when I like walked out there to go for my run one day. And I was just like, man, this guy, I don't know. Yeah. You, you, you gave, you gave Brandon Ingram the too skinny version of the, of, of Aaron Rodgers too high pass is like, you just, just saw it made a random fucking (laughs) random observation. And then we're like, that's it. That's all I need to see. Yeah. I know. I was. He'll that was, never. He'll never amount to anything in this goddamn league. And that was one of my. That was one of my bad takes for sure. Yeah. The Johnny Manziel He's, one is pretty bad. I mean, Johnny Manziel. I'm surprised we we should have brought that up. But it's like he's got to have. He's got to. He's got to be one of the hotbeds all time for bad takes because people loved him. He had a, he had and, a good hype train behind him. And on paper. Like that was for me on paper. I'm like, you're small, you're reckless, you're fucking partying all the time. I was like, you know, I hate to say this is like, uh, and everybody's like, you're just a fucking hater. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm a hater, but he's also 5'10, scrambling around, you know, against SEC teams. Uh, good luck in the NFL guy. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, that was. I mean, that wasn't the most Browns move ever. That was a bad pick. And obviously he fell so hard in that draft. I don't know if he fell. People just didn't think he was going to be anything. But of course the Browns went for it. I know. I know. I've, I've had some bad ones. Well, you're pretty turned. I can tell you brought up the Mets at the end. Four, well, out, of, four out of five. Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, it's so funny because, you know, obviously it was a big series for us. We had, uh, we had four of five, including a doubleheader sweep this weekend against the Braves. 
Um, last and and it's kind of just like you know Mets fans are sort of gun shy, and Mets fans we have um been abused before by you know feeling like our team's good and then being let down. I mean even in the great season you know that I take full responsibility for in 2015 sweeping the Cubs in the NLCS and everything. They like, you know, we, we want a world series. And so it's a letdown. And like, obviously there's no guarantee that the Mets win a world series this year. But the thing is, is like Mets fans, as I think a, a group are very, very gun shy. But the reason I brought it up with Fred is Braves fans. I mean, they're a walking freezing cold take. They're like the whole fan base is a walking freezing cold take waiting to happen. Because it's already, it's already happening. I did it last month. Uh, the you know the the Braves are saying we're coming for you, Braves fans. We're coming for you. The Mets go in Atlanta, take two of three, and the immediate response. Now again, Mets fans aren't saying we're running away with the division. Braves fans are saying we're coming for you. Now you got to come to Atlanta. We go to Atlanta, we take two of three, and immediately it's like, oh, it's one series in July. You know, this is, is this your World Series? We're like, we weren't the ones hyping this up. You guys were doing that. And then the immediate pivot is, all right, well, we got five games in City Field in August. We got five games in City Field. Talking, talking, talking. The players talking. The fans talking. Full you know, Twitter feeds devoted to the Mets are fraudulent. The, the Braves were coming to town. It was like the scene in a Bronx tale with the, with the motorcycle gang. They came into city field. Jacob deGrom closed the door behind them and was like, now you can't leave. And four of five, like, you know, sorry to be, sorry to use foul language here on the dirty sports podcast, but we, but fucked y'all this weekend. I mean, it wasn't even, wasn't even a series. I mean, it was, uh, it was the scene from Pulp Fiction. We put a ball gag in your mouth and ass raped you in a fucking basement. And what's amazing to me, what's amazing to me is if the Braves had come into City Field after all that talk that we did in response to them and they took four or five from us, Mets fans would be living in a fucking hole that they, they would they would have jumped in the hole you dug for Brandon Ingram and they'd be fucking living in it. Braves fans un, like honestly becoming one of my most hated fan bases still talking. And here's my favorite part about Braves fans. This is my favorite part. Braves fans have been have been chirping and the chirp, chirp, chirp is the Mets always choke. The Mets never get it done in October. The Mets have only the Mets haven't won since 86. Here's a fun fucking fact for Atlanta Braves fans out there. The New York Mets as a franchise came into existence in 1962. The Atlanta Braves have been a thing since 1965. We have the exact same number of world titles 
And until last October, y'all had half as many of us. And as far as choking goes, think about that. Two franchises that have essentially been around the exact same amount of time with the exact same amount of titles. But you guys have won 20 more NLEs and where are the chokers? How many fucking NLEs you guys want to win? Like, glad you guys got hot in 2021 in the flukiest shit ever. No disrespect. A World Series is a World Series. You got it. But there's this thing that's coming out of Braves camp now. When we figure it out this year, watch out when we figure it out this year. Figure it out. You're the defending world champions. I think you figured it out. You're just not that good this year. The Braves right now are closer to being out of the playoffs than they are to the Mets. And also, talk about health. Jacob DeGrom just fucking no-hit you for almost six innings. Per- almost perfect game to you for no, no for six innings in a fucking rehab start, dog. He's not even. They were like, he's pitching six innings and 75 pitches. That was his cap. Jacob DeGrom is going to pick pitch six innings or 75 pitches, whichever come first. He didn't give up a fucking, he didn't walk a guy or give up a hit until the last three pitches of his fucking start. Get healthy. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you have Jacob DeGrom not on a fucking pitch count? Braves fans, sit in your fucking hole and shut the fuck up until you're, until you, can smell our assholes again. You're not even fucking close enough to sniff our fucking ball sack. Get fucked. Johnny Woodward of the fucking punch drunk, still talking shit about lucky hits. Motherfucker, lucky hits. You guys can't even make fucking contact off a guy and uh, making a fucking rehab start. Get fucked with your racist chance. I mean, they're embarrassing themselves at this point. Two fucking World Series having like, y'all have fucking 25 titles. Of two fucking titles in the exact same amount of time we do. Fucking clown shoes. I would I would worry about running to first base in clown shoes, but you guys don't make fucking contact. You struck out 19 times yesterday. It's only 27 outs in a game. The fuck are you guys doing? Bye. Shut the fuck up. And listen, here's the other thing. Not getting ahead of myself. The Dodgers lineup is insane. The Dodgers are hot. The Dodgers, to be totally honest with you, on paper, in reality, the Dodgers have a better lineup than the New York Mets. But Jacob DeGrom's fucking throwing perfect six innings in fucking rehab starts, guys. The pitching matchup, we have the best two pitchers. We have the best one-two in baseball. It's not fucking close. Watch the fuck out. I'm not even thinking about the Braves. I'm on to the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Braves. Call me when you're within fucking half a dozen games again. When we get fucking healthy, when when you get healthy, maybe when fucking Jacob DeGrom's not striking out your whole goddamn team, throwing 85%. Your boy, your boy shout out to your boy, Mad Max. I mean, listen, the whole series, you know, there was there was the one game where uh, Tom Walker came out, got a little, you know, had some sort of uh, issue, health issue early in the game, didn't come out, got lit up. Other than that, 
wasn't a fucking series. It wasn't close. And not to mention, not to mention what has become an internet sensation. I don't know if you saw this today. Did you see our boy Pat McAfee? Pat McAfee on the Mets bandwagon because everybody now, like this is honestly probably the closest thing that we have to an internet sensation in baseball in a long time. Edwin Diaz fucking trumpet walk-in music followed by him just absolutely lights out the whole year, striking out more guys than are fucking not striking out, just absolutely dominating. Like, you know, Mariano Rivera is the best closer ever and it's not close, but it's got, it's got that kind of vibe right now in maybe a very shortened, you know, he has, he's certainly not been doing this whole career and God knows no one will ever do it for 20 straight years. But you hear that trumpets. I mean, that's your life flashing before your eyes. If you're the other team, that's, that's, that's your bedtime music. That's like when you're, when you're a kid and your parents put on the fucking, you know, the thing above your crib, that's good. That's good night and good luck. You're feeling good tonight, man. I, I'm not only here's the thing. I'm feeling great. It's nice to have a team that's in first place. It's nice to be playing well. It's nice to have a great owner. It's nice to have the best pitcher in baseball back. It's nice to have a lineup that's hitting. That's all great. But there's this other level of like, I mean, I'm not joking at all. I'm not joking at all. I'm embarrassed for Braves fans. How in God's name are you? If they if they did that to us this weekend, I'd have deleted my Twitter account. What's the most wins? I'm gonna look it up in that season. 108, the 86 yeah. team. Oh, I didn't realize they won that many games. Up three one on your Reds right now. You know, Braves don't even play today. They they go on and finish this game. I mean, it's fucking seven games. What are we talking about here? This isn't a division race. A division race. Who the fuck? Guys, we're running a fucking line. You guys are just like, you're also on a, on a track. It's like a division race. Well, the Mets have a bigger lead if they win tonight than they did before Max Scherzer went down for fucking two months. We're a coming. Omar's yeah. a coming. Braves are coming. And listen, a shout out to the shout out to the non-Braves fans who are seeing it right now. Cause uh Jew has fi- finally exposed himself on Twitter. He has made himself now. We now have Jew's Twitter account. He he jokingly, I think, DM'd me or tweeted at me. Um just he said, just confirming that this Mets Yankees bet we made was for three dollars. And I was like, I I think I LOL. What was that bet for? Uh, I a hundred bucks. Yeah, a hundred or fifty or something like that. And I made it with multiple other dirt balls. And that bet and, was who would go farther, the Mets or the Yankees? Yeah, because again, like I said, it's like the wins don't really mean anything to me. What means something is, and got and listen, I'm gonna knock on all the I, my whole apartment's wood. I'm gonna knock on all of it. We need to stay fucking healthy, obviously. But like, 
the the maybe the freezingest freezing freezing cold take that could ever occur is somebody being like if everybody's healthy this pitching staff is better than the Mets it's not we have the the best thing that happened at the trading deadline for any team including Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres is Jacob DeGrom comes back the day of the trade deadline to the New York Mets he's made two starts and he was absolutely electric yesterday he was unhittable the guys they're they're talking about weak contact fun fact they didn't hit they didn't make contact on a slider the whole fucking day guys remember Andy Ruther being like can I make contact you think these are fucking this is the team that won the World Series last year not making contact for an entire game against the dude slider you would you call into the show yeah it wasn't it, it wasn't about this it was about Aaron judge he's trying to well let's get some Aaron judge shakes Aaron judges that Aaron Judge may be the the overall MVP of baseball so far. I mean, it's hard to argue otherwise, uh, you know, offensively. All right, I'll play um, the call. Let's do it. Hey, what's up, fellas? This is a Jew. Uh, just calling in to see if uh, Joe could put away his hatred for just a few minutes. And uh, if we could talk about this guy, Aaron Judge, who is just unbelievable. Um, so two things. One, so he's on pace to get, I think it's like 65 homers now. He just hit another one. Um, so do you think the 62 is still a thing? Um, you know, not to say again, you know, depending on how you look at Bonds, either way, you know, did what he did. But do you think 62, is there still a race for 62? Um, and then also he declined a $215 million offer in the beginning of the year. Uh, seven years. So what do you think would be the max if he was on your team you would want to pay? It looks like he's looking for 10 years, 350, something like that. Um, as a Yankee fan, I think, you know, you could go about eight years, maybe even nine. But uh, let me know what you guys think later. First, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this in parts. First of all, this is a grand um, misconception about Joe Prano. I am not, I do not hate Yankees players as, as individuals. I hate the Yankees organization for what they stand for. I hate many Yankees historically. I love many Yankees historically. I grew up watching Don Mattingly, loved him, loved Ricky Henderson when he was there, loved Winfield. Matt Noakes, I always had a weird boner for. Um, the Yankees teams that came after that always loved Bernie Williams. Mariano Rivera is the most dominant closer of all time. Joe Girardi, uh, I was I was a fan of. Uh, Robinson Cano, super underrated. Uh, loved all the guys who went from the Mets over there. Ventura, Gooden, uh, Strawberry. David Cohn might be my favorite my favorite pitcher before Jacob Degrom became a thing. I like Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge seems like a great dude. Aaron Judge is a great ball player. I have no beef whatsoever with Aaron Judge, especially since he's a right-hander who hits bombs and is in some fraudulent poke it out over the fucking Little League field wall in right 
uh, left-hander that they love there so much. Um, I just hate, you know, the, the, here's the thing. Aaron Judge is putting up a season. Aaron Judge right now, Aaron Judge could get hit by a bus tomorrow. He's already had a better season than Derek Jeter has ever had in his entire Yankees career. Fact. Absolute fucking fact. Right now, dies, struck by lightning, dead. Better better season than Derek Jeter ever lived in a Yankees uniform. And so I hate guys who are overrated. Aaron Judge, probably underrated as much as Yankee fans bone her out for him. The same way Jacob DeGrom is probably underrated the way Mets fans bone her out for him. Uh, Aaron Judge is awesome. Aaron Judge should have declined that because he's going to get, he bet on himself. He's going to get way more. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him. And like the Yankees would be insane not to pay it no matter what it is. And yeah, 62 is kind of still a thing, but you know, it, it's a, it's a passing. Well, he, you know, he hit 63. It's something, but it's not. We got to remember the thing. And I just did a whole fucking TikTok uh, about Derek Jeter and steroids. And I followed it up with another thing. But like, we got to remember one of the great, and it's so fun if you guys want to watch it. There's a great at bat, um, Gagne uh, Bonds, the great Gagne Bonds matchup. Uh, it's like a, I mean, he fouls off so many pitches before he eventually fucking hits an absolute missile off him. Um, they were on steroids too. Gagne, Gagne has like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle green ooze coming out of his fucking eyeballs while he's <laughs> while he's throwing at Barry Bonds. Like, forgot about Gagne. Everybody, every, like he's he's as juiced, if not more juiced than fucking Barry Bonds. So it's like, I I know it wasn't a level playing field, but it, in a way, it kind of was. It wasn't level to the guys who weren't juicing, but you know. Barry Bonds got to go up there and face, you know, a guy hulking out, throwing like one oh fucking two with arm side run, just like ah, like fucking. Is it the year? Is it the, the year he, is it the year he won the uh, Cy Young? Yeah, yeah. And they apparently like had talked about it in the off season. Like if I if I face you, I'm gonna hit throw you only fucking fastballs or something shit like that. Like I was just like, I mean, it was like, bro, baseball know, in the nineties was wild. Like every guy was just doping up on shit. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like not to hijack this, but it is crazy to think that we watched that in real time. Like we watched in real time, a guy like Brady Anderson, who was the lead off hitter for the Orioles suddenly just hit 50 home runs out of nowhere. One of the, one of my favorite like, that's nuts. Yeah. One of my favorite, and there were the thing is the greats, the the Bonses and the Maguires and the like. You know, Sosa wasn't really great before, but those guys, the 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 Bonds and the Maguires and the whoever else that were just so good, A Rods. Um, it was those guys who do everything because they're like, well, fuck, if everybody's gonna take it, I'm gonna take it, and I was already good. But like, Mark Maguire hit forty some forty nine homers as like a rookie. Go yeah. back, go back to the, um, this is one of my favorite low key, like moments of rewatching the Kirk Gibson, um, Homer 
uh, for the Vince Scully, when Vince, Vince Scully died, they, they kept showing that a lot. If you watch that whole segment from the end, somebody gets on first base and they're holding him on. So they throw over a couple of times to a, to a Mark McGuire who looks like what Mark McGuire on the Cardinals would have for dinner. You're like, bro, like he's a big dude, but he's also, I mean, 30% girth of his future self. It's like insane. Well, you know what? If you watch the boys on Amazon. Yeah. So you've watched it. Yeah. Those guys, it's like they took compound V. Yeah. Like that's basically what it's like. Again, I, I don't think people understand who didn't watch it in real time. Like if you were a younger dirt ball again, like you're just, it'd be, it'd be like this. This is the, I guess this is the equivalent. It'd be like Durant showing up to start next season looking like LeBron. Yeah. And you'd be like, what the fuck? That's how it was guys like Brett Boone, who obviously played for the reds. And then he goes to the Mariners and just starts mashing. And you're like, what? He never did this before. It, like it was just everybody was on roids. Yeah. Or PEDs. It's crazy, man. And it's, you know, it's funny because this Derek Jeter video that I put up about steroids and about, you know, obviously when you watch the captain and obviously whenever you talk about anybody's career, um, you talk about their titles. And I, and I was, I say in my, in this video, this TikTok that I put up is like, I was talking to a friend about it, uh, who insanely claimed Jeter's the best shortstop of all time. And I was like, he wasn't even the best shortstop on his own team. A-Rod was better. And he's like, A-Rod was on steroids. And I was like, here's, let me list 30 guys who got rings with Derek Jeter who are on steroids. So if you're just going to say, we don't count A-Rod, then we can't count the rings, right? Because all those guys, and it's like, well, 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 I mean, were any of those guys really? And it's like, yeah, because you know what I just said about the New York Mets? You know why I'm confident? Because of pitching. So when you got a juiced up fucking Roger Clemens throwing broken shards of fucking wood at other human beings during roid <laughs> rages, and you have Andy Pettit, who, you know, is a skinny fucking Italian kid. And then suddenly he goes to Texas and they're like, oh, yeah, he was eating a lot of Texas beef. And he comes back from Houston with fucking like a huge neck and him and fucking Clemens are having like Bronx factory workers have to <laughs> have to fucking sew them new hats that their heads can fit into. I it's forgot like little, little, little Italian men like my dad in the Bronx. Like we need to make a hat. That's a nine, the point of five of Andy Pettit's heads is the size of my shoulders. I forgot Oh, oh, you man. want a bunch of you want a bunch of World Series because your best pitchers are roid rage fucking monsters. Yeah. I mean, Roger Clemens tried to stab a dude in the World Series on national television. He tried to javelin throw a fucking weapon through somebody. I forgot. I totally forgot about Pettit and Clemens going to Houston together. Roid rage. Then, yeah. And then going back to the Yanks. That's wild, man. They're like, oh, didn't you hear in Texas? They stick their arms in like in fucking garbage cans full of cornmeal. Like, yeah, that's what happened to fucking Andy Pettit. But Andy Pettit legit got caught. Yeah. 
Like Bet it legit got caught. Robinson Cano, who won a team who run on the Yankees in 2009, got caught. A-Rod, who went on the Yankees, who was the MVP, got fucking caught. That's what's crazy about those Yankee teams is we all knew guys were doing it, but like the Yankees had more players than anybody that legit tested the Yankee players. The Yankees had more players doing it. And then what's funny is like, oh, some of these guys didn't contribute. Yo, Jim Lairitz has some big time fucking postseason homers. Randy Velarde is fucking contributing. They get like the Jose Canseco's and the David Justice is to fill in fucking DH roles down the stretch. Like, dude, everybody contributes on a fucking baseball team. Like they had so many fucking Chuck Knobloch. The starting fucking staff. But like Derek Jeter was clean, hitting fucking singles. And they get driving, getting driven in by guys on compound V. And they're like, ah, it's this, you know, it's this pregame speech about how they're all going to go party with P. Diddy after. The guy's like, we're not partying with anybody after. We have to go home and eat fucking dead animal carcasses and keep lifting weights. Go have fun dancing with Jennifer Lopez, Jeets. But uh, we have to get back to the fucking the Rocky Four training. You remember, remember, you didn't even mention Giambi, man. Yeah, Giambi. Well, the only reason I didn't mention Giambi is Giambi didn't win with the Yankees, but like, obviously, yeah. I mean, Teixeira, probably. Like, you look around the guys who just didn't get caught, too. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And by the way, that's always been my point about steroids is like, let's just not, we can't just pick and choose what aspect of it we want to fucking hate on what aspect of we don't sure everybody's going to Derek Jeter five rings it's like how many rings does he have you know if Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens aren't spending the offseason injecting each other in the neck and then just like eating like chasing down cattle stabbing them to death with shards of broken bats and then eating them like they're uh, like they're wildebeests eating a downed fucking you know, like like they're fucking, you know, lions eating down wildebeest in the jungle. Like it's insanity. Again, man, wild time, like wild that we watched in real time and like nobody really said anything, like didn't say enough. I, we got to speaking of wild, we, we got to talk about P. Rose, bro. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's a guy, dude. P. Rose doesn't even understand like FCC violations. They're Bro. like, how are you, how you going to tell Pete Rose not to gamble when they, they can't even put him on TV without him saying, cock? I mean, Norm McDonald? So I've been busy with the move. You know how moving is. Like, it sucks, especially when two people, I'm learning when you don't live together ahead of time and you're coming from different spots and you're moving into a house. So I really wasn't paying attention to social all weekend or anything. And I just pulled up Twitter yesterday and I saw the number one trend at this point during the day was Pete Rose. I'm like, Pete Rose is the number one trend in the entire United States. And I was like, oh, what did he say? And then it was like, it was a million things that he said. And I was yeah. like, I, I just kept being like, wait, there's more? Like, Pete Rose like he's now just he's just a character he's a cartoon character that's all he is he, he's a cartoon character so pete rose was on the field in philly because they were honoring the 1980 
Philadelphia Phillies, right? So they're honoring them on the field, right? And so he's going to get hit with all these questions. And it's not even about gambling anymore because everything came out that Pete Rose had sex with a 13 or 14-year-old girl when he was in 30s when he played for the Reds. And his defense this whole time has been, I thought she was 16, right. which, is a, which is a wild defense. Dane Cook just wants to know if he super fingered her. <laughs> nice. Well played there. Three people got that joke, but I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate the efforts. So Pete Rose is 81, which like this is clearly showing too. like the, I don't give a fuck. So it all, it all starts. Pete Rose is 81 years old. Yeah, he's 81 now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that tracks. He was 40 when he was like t- toward the end of his. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Pete Rose is being asked about this, which. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other discussion. I think like. People can say, oh, what's the like? My thing is like. He's not like, he's not like, and his, his reaction basically said it all right. Like he doesn't want to hear people question him having sex with a 13 or 14 year old girl. He didn't want to hear that, which like I'm not justifying it at all, but it's like, at the end of the day, he's like, what do you like by asking him that? What do you think he's going to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And and also it's like, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, it's just so funny how we pick and choose. I'm not saying, by the way, that Pete Rose needs defending or like that he didn't do anything. Of course he did. But like, they just made him, they just made an Elvis movie. They didn't mention the fact that like Priscilla was like 15 years old when he meets her, you know, like we just, it's like, nah, Elvis, man, he's the king. Well, Pete Rose is the hit king and he's out there on a fucking, you know, he's out there senile saying cock every other word. And you're like, hey, Remember that time you he's like, no, I don't like. <laughs> yeah. So so Pete's been all defensive. You know, he's not answering questions. Um, He literally said this is verbatim. Who cares what happened 50 years ago? Like, dude, that that speaking of a freezing cold take, like, right, dude, your defense is that you thought she was 16 because that's the age of consent in Ohio. In your 30s. And you're in your 30s and you're like, like, that's like one of the worst offenses ever. And saying to the one reporter, I don't know if you saw it, he said, don't ask me those questions. You weren't even born yet. I think he threw a honey or a babe or a something yeah. like that, right? Like you threw something on the end. So I mean, all- P- Pete Rose has been for a long time and now, you know, he's 80s, but he has been. Your fucking grandpa on the porch who you're like, oh, listen, listen, 100%. We're going back to my house today. My grandpa's staying with us for a couple of weeks. He's going to be sitting on the porch in a rocking chair. Like, don't oh, yeah. just like, just ignore oh, yeah. the, the shit that he says. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And your friend's like, what's he going to say? And you're like, well, you see how you're wearing a polo shirt? It's probably going to call you a homosexual. And you're like, what? Why? He's like, I don't know. He's got to think about collars. It's really weird. Like, just you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> So when asked about it, he said, I'm not here to talk about it. Sorry about that. It was 55 years ago, babe. Which is like, 
I mean, well, at least he knows. At least he knows exactly who we're talking about. It's like it was fifty-four and a half years ago. So somebody, somebody else asked. He said, "I mean, this is great. I'm going to tell you one more time. I'm here for the Philly fans. I'm here for my teammates. I'm here for the Phillies organization. And who cares what happened fifty years ago? You weren't even born. You shouldn't be talking about it because you weren't born. If you don't know a damn thing about it, don't talk about it. By the way, Pete Rose goes with like the." six-year-old argument here you weren't yeah. born like you can't talk about it like, yeah <laughs> what so the phillies organization thinks then it's a good idea to put him on air after insanity. all this happens insanity in absolute <laughs> insanity dude this is wild yeah so all this happens and then the phillies are like hmm how could we make this even worse i got an idea let's put him on air during the Phillies game, like live on air. And this is where just what, like, why was he not cut at a certain point? Why don't they have a cough button? Like, why don't they have like, how I is mean, it possible that there's not a delay? Hey, maybe we should have a delay for Pete Rose. Why? Oh, I don't know. Have you met Pete Rose? And he's a lunatic. Yeah. So I'm going to play some of these clips. They're all short. I mean, this is the stuff that he said during the uh, the Phillies-Nationals game yesterday. First of all, he discovers that there's no delay, and he talks about the, he says, shit, cock, let's just, let's just play it. He said, Tony, congratulations. What did you hit? And Tony says, yo, I hit a cock-high fastball. Mm. <laughs> so he's talking about, obviously, the big red machine, yep. uh, Tony Perez, Joe Morgan. He's saying on air a cock high fastball. Yeah, I mean these announcers. By the way, I love the announcers' reaction. Let me let me play that back again. Wait to hear this. Well, doesn't he follow it up with no shit immediately? Yeah, yeah. Watch this. Congratulations. What did you hit? And Tony says, "Yo, I hit a cock high fastball." Mm. (laughs) And and Joe didn't know what to say. Joe said, "No shit." That's looped out to right field. You change the subject real quick on that loop out to right field. I'm just describing the action. Pretty sure we don't have a seven-second delay, so. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. This is my favorite part at the end. When he learns there's ooh. no delay and he goes, ooh. I mean, that's sure the great thing about. we don't have a seven-second delay, so. Ooh. <laughs> the great thing about Pete Rose is he's telling, this is, you know, he really is your old your old grandfather like he's got a joke you know he's got he's got a bit he's gonna do he's, unbelievable. He's, got a, he's got a story he's told a thousand times and they're like all right and and he's like all right i'm gonna tell this story and like who is he like he clearly doesn't work with anybody and they're like what story are you gonna tell he's like i'm gonna tell the cockeye fastball one and they're like you can't you're gonna be on television he's like no yeah i'm gonna tell the cockeye one You've heard me say that. You've heard me do the cockeye fastball thing a million times. They're like, yeah, but Pete, you're going to be on television. He's like, perfect. Perfect time for the cockeye thing. But see, I've been waiting to go on. So let's not forget, he was doing the postseason for Fox Sports in 2015. And then it was revealed about the sexual relationship with the teenager. And then they fired him. This is what's so crazy to me two, two years later. Like, like, like he was fired from Fox Sports because of this. 
And the Phillies are just like, they're just like, there's one thing honoring the team, but they're like, again, bringing him in the booth, man, is just reckless. Yeah. So now he, I believe they have R. Kelly on tonight. (laughs) Performing at Citizens Bank Ballpark, his hit remixed to Ignition. R. Kelly. So then he goes in on John Cruck, who is an announcer for the Phillies, who had testicular cancer during his playing days and had one of his testicles removed. Yeah. So again, exactly. This is crazy drunken uncle, crazy drunken grandpa going to make a one nut joke, a joke about him only having one testicle. And he's going to do it live on air. Nothing, nothing hits like a good cancer joke. <laughs> to sit and listen to those two talk? Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew him when he had two balls. <laughs> that was up toward left field. Hernandez back toward the wall. Well, the, <laughs> the announcers are just sitting there going, can, can we just get Nick Castellanos up so that we could have some, some sort of distraction? I mean, seriously. And then he explains why he chose. I don't think this audio is the best, but I'm going to play. This is why he chose the Phillies over the Pirates. And it had something to do with horse because, you know, he's a gambler, horse racing. And again, it's another ball thing. The size of balls on horses or something. I don't know what he's talking about here. And I could have went to St. Louis. I could have went to uh, uh, Pittsburgh. All I can tell you about Pittsburgh, you know, there's a diving stop by Marcus. I'm going to play that one. Great play. Uh, you know, I was a racehorse fan, mm-hmm. and he owned racehorses. And I can honestly tell you, if he'd offer me a derby winner with, with balls that big, I'd have been a Pittsburgh Pirate. <laughs> right, Boa? I know you like those horses. Hey. <laughs> I mean... I mean, nice about horse balls. Yeah. He's, I mean, how, like, honestly, I, I put it entirely on the Phillies broadcast thing that, like, I, I mean, I would have had a carpenter whittle one of those hooks that they pull people off in <laughs> cartoons with. I would have fucking, I would have 1940s Looney tuned him off the fucking stage with like a hook on a fucking thing. I would have had the guy from the Apollo sweep him off stage. I would have had a clown come in. I would have had I would have fucking used smelling stalts to bring back the guy f- that Sam Rockwell played and used a gong to get him off. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? How many times is this? A, I know it's baseball. We have a three a three male genitalia rule. Three strikes and you're out before you're out of the broadcast. I love it. This is what baseball needs, man. Like, like, like th- this is what baseball gets like. Finally, you're trending. You got somebody saying wild shit. Oh, here's the best part, though. I got my high school sent out the thing for the Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. And obviously, there's always a big guest speaker. And they chose Pete Rose this year. And I was like, that's why I texted my brothers. I was like, is our high school not aware of these? They're not allegations, for the record. Pete Rose says he had sex with her again his defense is she was 16 not 13 and it's it right. was legal and i just think it's so funny that like my high school i'm like guys what are you what are you doing like 
I don't they're really like care. going viral, bitch. What are you doing? <laughs> this is ca- they're like they're like this is straight out of Andy Ruther playbook. We were hoping you were gonna come and start at Pete Rose quotes for the fucking speech. <laughs> I kind of want to go if they keep him after yesterday. I wonder if my high school keep him as the speaker. That'd and again, like again, like I don't really care. Like my thing is like I loved him as a player. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously. Not a good person. It's just it's just wild to me that the Phillies were like, let's just I mean Ty Cobb murdered somebody. Yeah, for sure. Which is ironic that those are the one and two guys in the hit list. Right. And Barry Bonds was mean to reporters. (laughs) I mean, I mean, seriously. What a what a what a great way to put it. Ty Cobb murdered somebody. Rose was fucking a teenage girl. I mean, honestly, that's that's everything that's wrong with the Baseball Writers Association. You could walk into a baseball locker room and they could see a guy fucking stabbing a dude to death. And then Barry Bonds would walk in and they'd be like, Barry, any comment on what your uh, teammates doing to this guy? He looks like he's stabbing to death. Barry Bonds goes, fuck you. And the guy's like, well, that's one guy I'm not voting for. You're like, wait, wait. That guy's uh, murdering somebody over there. Somewhere Norm McDonald is smiling. Yeah. That Pete Rose managed to say cock on live TV. Yeah. yeah. You, Norm, Norm would like to have, he'd be like, hey, you see Pete Rose? He goes on the Phillies broadcast. He says, says cock a couple times. Like, yeah. That's great. Cock. You can't, Pete. You can't say cock on TV. Norm, you're saying, yeah, yeah, but it's, I'm, I'm quoting him there. You know. I wonder if he'll ever get in the Hall of Fame after he dies, because obviously, that's when it would happen. Yeah. Or somebody's, you know, I mean that that's the thing. That's the that's truly the thing about Pete Rose is it's his goddamn, like, his goddamn persona makes it impossible for guys to just be like, we're going to lift the band because now yeah. you can't just be like, who's banning lifting. Oh, you remember cock guy from the Phillies game the other day, the old rapey cock face. And he's, you know, he's doing your classic grandpa thing too, where he's laughing at his own jokes. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, doing, just... he's, he's doing my brother, John. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, no, you're the only person laughing. Yeah. So I saw this news. I didn't, I'm glad you added it to the rundown. Kevin Durant. Now he's so he's saying basically you have to fire Nash or trade me. That, that's his ultimatum. I guess that was the reports from today, which seems weird um, because there's um, there's old tweets from Kevin Durant complaining about uh, Billy Donovan. Um, there's insinuations about Scotty Brooks, who I also think was a bad coach. Um, obviously, he had no issue with Steve Kerr and Golden State when he was just a hired gun on the record-breaking team. But it's like, I, I mean, I don't know if you recall, but... I'm the I'm I'm a I'm a Steve Nash stan as a player. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't think that the hire was the greatest fucking hire all the time. You're like, he's got no experience. You're bringing him to a team with stars. I mean, if you recall, and if anybody wants to go back, I mean, the thing that I was very hopeful about with that Nets team was obviously they had D'Antoni as an assistant under like, you know, they have, they have Steve Nash's strategic mentor, uh, as an assistant under him. So I thought that had potential, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Kevin Durant's game, but at this, this is like a Taylor Swift's boyfriend situation. If you hate 90% of your coaches, maybe it's not your coaches. Yeah. It's you. (laughs) You're going to write another song about the fucking how this, this boyfriend did you wrong. Like maybe you're just a bitch and that goes for both of you guys. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, like I, I don't, I don't know. Like at this point, what do you do? You know, I honestly don't know. What do you do? I mean, it's tough. You don't want to fire your, GM and or your coach because your star player that that has already been demanding a trade demands it. Um, but also, I mean, you're I mean, we're going we're going full rebuild. This Nets team. And then the question is, who do you hire? Who does Kevin Durant want to coach this fucking team? I'd love to hear that, you know. Yeah. Who do you want us to hire, buddy? No, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like at this point, like what do you do? Uh, to be totally honest with you, if I was the Nets, well, the owner tweeted. I'm just seeing this now. Our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if 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 I I don't necessarily think Sean Marks and Steve Nash are the future of the Brooklyn Nets, but at this point, your your best move is probably trade both those guys. Stockpile. I mean, you have the you have the ability to trade both of them. If one of them wanted to go, you know, you're kind of left in a pretty situate, pretty shitty situation. I think you just trade both of them and get the value that you can. It's ridiculous. You know, you know, I'm not a big Kyrie Irving fan. It's pretty ridiculous to trade Kevin Durant in my opinion, no matter who you are, but also Kevin Durant came there to do the Kyrie Irving thing, signed an extension there with that coach. I don't know, man. It just seems like as talented as he is, it just kind of never ends. And I might just take the value where he can get it because I just don't think you're that, that close because I don't think that, and I think unless you're moving Kyrie Irving to get pieces to pair with Kevin Durant, you're not that close. And it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So I think the value is in moving both of them doing the, you know, dropping an absolute fucking atom bomb and uh, rebranding. Yeah. And sometimes look, sometimes you just got to move on, cut your losses. I've, I mean, listen, I said it about the New York Knicks. Uh, I, I uh, you know, despite my pleas to Fred, our friend from freezing cold takes, he he didn't want to put any of the tweets that I got up on, uh, on his account, but you know, I've many a freezing cold takes in me saying I'd rather not get Kevin Durant. If it meant I had to take Kyrie Irving and here we are. seems like that's the right take. seems like it's 
soup warm. Yeah. It might no, even be sure. it might even be piping out. It's hot and ready. Like those little Caesars. That those Lions fans love. We need some of those tweets for freezing cold takes. The uh hard knock starts tomorrow, Andy. Oh, I'm tomorrow. so excited. You know, I was out on hard knocks. You and I were both out. The last few years have sucked. I didn't even get through the last couple of years. I did the joint Rams, Chargers. Then last year, the Cowboys was snooze fest. Oh, with Dan Campbell, I'm in. I get more Jared Goff. Yeah. I'm in. I am in so hard. I mean, I'm in for now. Listen, it's not like I was out the last couple of years pre-watching an episode. I'm I'm in right now, but you still gotta. They they better come with some content, and I think they will, even if it's even if it's cringe. They all they need to do is just like like interview the real life people from Lions Reddit. Yeah. Is the Lions Reddit feed just a giant freezing cold take? Oh yeah. It's a thread after thread after thread of a freezing cold take. Dude, I, I hope the Lions win 11 games this year. I hope we're wrong. It'd be so funny. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they've won a playoff game since 91. 1991. Serious question. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. On ayahuasca, yeah, playing a game. Does he beat the Lions? Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Aaron Rodgers on ayahuasca can he win eleven games with the Lions? And I was like, I don't know. That's tough. Can he beat the Lions on? Yeah, I think he has beaten the Lions on ayahuasca. <laughs> so Rodgers said that he took ayahuasca. He uses psychedelics for his mental health. Yeah. Great. I think the thing with Aaron Rodgers is here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. I have always liked Aaron Rodgers. I feel like the last couple of years, he kind of lost me with, you know, the fucking the lying about the vac stuff and then the fucking, you know, getting butt hurt over it and whatever. But I think the thing with Aaron Rodgers, when you hear this story, obviously you're clearly not jumping into ayahuasca. You're not like a guy who just drinks fucking a couple beers. And then you're like, I'm doing ayahuasca. So it seems like Rogers probably smoked a little weed. He's probably taking a bunch of mushrooms. Now he's getting into the thing. The thing with Aaron Rodgers, and this is this kind of explains the last couple of years. He's like your buddy who just gets too into the shit too fast and goes from being like, you know, your chill bro that you go golfing with. And then the next day he's like, we can't go golfing next weekend because I have Burning Man. And then I whatever. It's like, what? Why are you like? Why are you suddenly like against buttonless clothes? And he's like, oh, it's just like he's just like he's that guy who like dives into the thing and i feel like he dove into the uh everything in moderation you know if, yeah but i would argue he's playing better yeah he's playing better right 
but also he's drawing a lot of attention on himself because with all the ayahuasca and the eye, the opening of the third eye, now he's, you know, lying about his vaccine. It's just like, and, and I got to say, it's like when he was like quietly before, like not talking about just like hating his family, uh, you were like, all right, kind of the silent killer. And now he's like dating a witch and talking about ayahuasca and not getting vaccinated. And it's like, I hate to say it, but it's like, dude, then when you don't, then when you lose the NFC championship game, people are going to be like, all right, so are you tripping balls? Like what's going on here? Just feels like he went like aggressively. Well, I think he, you know, you, you change as you get older. He's 38. Now you, you, the media is a lot different now than it ever was. Obviously he does McAfee show during the season every Tuesday. This was a completely non, you know, obviously it's a non sports show that he's talking about this on and that's become more mainstream. Let's be honest. Right. Sure. The, you know, all the psychedelics have become way more mainstream, especially on handling mental health. I know somebody who just, I know somebody who just went to ayahuasca retreat in Costa Rica. How like, you know, these are things right where you go, you have a, what is it? A shaman. And it's a whole like experience. It's not cheap either to pay for. And to be honest, someone like me, I'm fascinated by that too. Like I'm fascinated about doing that stuff and trying to improve yourself. And it's interesting though, that he has played better. Now, obviously we all know what happened last playoffs, but I mean, again, he's played better, but he was, he's a four-time MVP. It's not like he was like, yeah. like significantly stepped up as quality but, play. But like, you never, you never hear teammates bitch about him. No. I think his teammates always liked him. Yeah. I mean, there's that, there's the story that came out a couple of years ago about like being weird with teammates and how they like, didn't know what to do. Like, you know, all that shit. But like, I, I have no problem with, Aaron Rodgers taking a bunch of psychedelics, probably better. It's it's certainly better than not taking a bunch of psychedelics, right? If I had to choose between not doing any of this stuff, but it definitely seems like as the things trickle out, doesn't it seem like the guy who like, you know, I mean, it's honestly, it's like kind of like me with fucking golf. Like I didn't play golf at all. And then it's like all I'm doing and Aaron Rodgers, you don't hear any of this stuff. And now it's like, Joe Rogan fucking podcast and ayahuasca and you're dating a witch. It's like, Hey man, maybe just like, <laughs> like we got to go pedal the metal here. It's like I'm moving but, to Austin. But like I said, I, I think, I think the, the media has changed. And I also think again, the, how people view psychedelics is just, you know, certain states, certain states, like they're now introducing this into health, which is great where, you know, you sure. microdose, to help people who have depression or other anxieties. And I don't know. I microdose all the time, Andy. How often have you heard me talk about it? Well, he also was on a show and it's brought up. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying like, I don't know. Maybe for someone like me, I think I, I like hearing that like an MVP quarterback I'm just saying this year He's when he comes out with, this. when he comes out with like, uh, you know, the fucking Buddha beads on his thing. And he's like drinking bone broth in the locker room and he gets a third eye tattooed on his forehead. You're going to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe you were right. 
no, no, no. I, by the way, I, I'm not saying that that stuff won't couldn't happen, and I think it could, which would be hilarious. I also think, to me, the thought of like the hippie bohemian dude being a star quarterback is hilarious. Oh yeah, because that's not what you normally think. You think meathead. You think right. My state. point is, my point is, it's it's all well and good until he misses a week seven game after getting sick because of the kombucha he was making in his bathtub. That'd be hilarious. Like he had an allergic reaction, and it spread to his COVID toe from last year from making home. Him and his witch were not properly sanitizing their kombucha utensils. She really a witch? I don't know. It wasn't her name, like blue fucking rainfall or something. Blue. I don't know what her last name is. I mean, this is fascinating. Oh, wait, she has a podcast. <laughs> everybody, dude, everybody has a podcast. She's the host of the Deja Blue podcast. Yeah, dude. Dude, everybody has a podcast. What do you tell people when they ask you about starting a podcast? Well, I mean, no one really asked me about starting one, but it's like, I mean, bro. People ask you about starting a podcast all the time. Yeah, but I'm also saying, bro, I'm on Apple podcast looking at her. Bro, <laughs> I see. You see what I'm saying? This is wild. Deja blue. Remember, remember, remember how? Remember how when Colin Kaepernick thing, the whole thing happened? They were like, "Oh, it's because his girlfriend's like a psycho BLMer that's like talking to him about whatever." Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is going a podcast, to podcast talking about ayahuasca, and his fucking witch girlfriend has a podcast teaching you how to make kombucha in your own bathtub, and everybody's like, "Yeah, but you know, seems like he's really expanding his mind." I'm going to read the description of the Deja Blue podcast. Deja Blue is a space to dive deep into the unknown, uncovering the mysteries of unlocking the potential of the human experience. Blue is here to get raw, unscripted, and unapologetic in sharing her own personal journey of awaking into her truth with the intention to help others come home into the heart. What the? It's amazing how far we've come, right? Former, the like, the, 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 like, 90s version of Aaron Rodgers is Joe Montana selling fucking sketchers. And Aaron Rodgers is like, yeah, because Joe Montana wasn't using his third eye for the West Coast offense. You know, I look off safeties with my eyes, but they don't know that I've got a, my third eye on the backside receiver. Dude. It's fascinating to me. Even Bill Wallen's like, relax, guy. You've, you've, <laughs> taken, you've taken this a little too far. I was wondering what Bill would think of that. You know, if you're microdosing properly, it's three days on, two days off. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> training camp is here. Mix in a break. Well, the dirt ball, speaking of getting tagged, they, they all alerted us that Bill Wallen's getting his own 30 for 30. Is it the best news that's ever happened? Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, the guy is the guy does have a legendary story from, you know, UCLA coming to the league, winning a title, winning the MVP, all the injuries, 
feet back. Six man of the Boston. year. Yeah. Um, then going on working in, you know, the NBA broadcast, working in the college broadcast, all the biking, all the Grateful Dead shows. It's, I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. I'm excited about that. It should well, be, it, it, it should be, it should be 11 parts, but it'll just be one because they need to make room to explore Derek Jeter's uh, ownership career of the Marlins in the executive, the seven part series about Derek Jeter dismantling the Marlins and sending MVPs to every other team. Your, your disdain for Jeter is so funny. You can't stand him. Overrated, underrated, Andy. So it's like overrated. Yeah. Bill Walton, underrated. Underrated. I think he's underrated. Bill Walton's criminally underrated. Yeah, criminally. I agree. He's an yeah. underrated basketball player. He's an underrated announcer. He's an underrated personality. And people who get annoyed when you look at Twitter, you're like, you're just a not, you're just not fun, man. Like, the Venn, the Venn diagram of people who slurp Derek Jeter and hate. Bill Walton is a circle. Oh, I bet it is. Yeah. Like w- this guy's fun. I'm enjoying these broadcasts. We're not going to do calls today. It's already 10 o'clock East coast time. And we, I think we gave a good show. So guys call back. We'll, we'll get to it next Thursday or this Thursday, 310-359-8365. I believe the one and only Maddie Goldberg will be joining us. For a few minutes. And I forgot to do this before we started the podcast. I wanted to do it, but we had Fred on. I wanted to get this early. So don't tune out right now, guys. Don't tune out right now. I have an August 25th show at the Hollywood Improv. Dirtballs have already bought tickets. Are you one of those Dirtballs has already bought tickets? If so, thank you. If you're in the Southern California area, uh, please buy tickets. Give me a great show. Essentially, Joe Prano and friends, uh, former guests of the show, Nate Craig's going to be on former guest of the show. Lachlan Patterson's going to be on. It's going to be a fantastic show. August 25th in the Hollywood improv lab. Uh, you can go to the improv.com and buy tickets right now. I'm also on all social media at Joe Prano. I put up a Derek Jeter. I put up multiple Derek Jeter, TikToks. I just put up a, a video about a reply to the Derek Jeter, TikTok. Um, lots of good stuff happening over on my TikTok, also on Instagram at Joe Prano, Twitter, as always, at Fix Your Life. Cool. You can follow us at the Dirty Sports from all the above or myself at Andy Ruther. All right, guys, that's our show for this Monday, August 8th. Again, back on Thursday with Goldberg, who's promoting an an interesting interview that he has on his podcast. So come back on Thursday for that. We'll see you guys in a few days. Have a great start to your week. And as always, stay dirty.